Hi, I'm Olivia, and this is my best friend. Hi, I'm Tanner, and this is a little mindfulness podcast. And after a lot of discussion, uh, we've Oops. decided uh, we decided to <laughs> talk to you guys uh, this week about healthy sleeping habits uh, or some, you know, topic adjacent to that. Because I'm super excited for Daylight Savings um, coming up in, well, by the time this, this podcast comes out, it will be that, that up, upcoming Sunday. Um, so it's, it's coming up, um, which means we'll get some more daylight. Uh, we, lose, we lose an hour of sleep, you know. In Only if you're bad at sleeping. Saturday only if you're bad at sleeping. What does that mean? It's a good question. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> you know, doctors and scientists, you know, people who uh, have studied sleep um, and are smart, smarter than me, uh, suggest that they advise that you make sure that you go to bed an hour early. Uh, so that you are used to it um, by the time that Monday comes. And, you know, kids, if you've got kids, they can be ready for it when they have to go to school um, with a little bit less sleep or uh, you have to get to work. So just so that you can normalize it a little sooner um, as you sort of reset a little bit of your, your clock in your brain. Um, yeah, what I meant was if you don't go to sleep an hour early, then you, then you don't lose. Yeah, that if you're hour. bad at that makes sense. If you're bad at sleeping. What's another good thing though is your pets don't care about daylight savings time. <laughs> so if your pets wake you up in the morning, you get an extra hour because you'll hopefully be already up. <laughs> except yeah, in Oct- I mean, except in October or November or whenever it ends. Uh, your pets will just wake you up an hour earlier than usual. Mm-hmm. Yes, but that is for future us to worry about. You know, take one day at a time. There's so much going on. I There's so much going on in the world. Wake me up at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> you wait. Can't wait for your cat to wake you up at six thirty in the morning because that's what's coming. Yes. Yes. Sounds five thirty is like early. Six thirty is like healthy adult time to wake up. Well, actually, I just ordered him a automatic feeder, so hopefully he won't wake me up in the morning at all <laughs> soon. Maybe, maybe if he starts developing a routine where he wakes you up regardless of if he has food. Yeah, he's been doing then... that. If he'll wake me up, I'll go to the food bowl. He still has food in it. <laughs> oh, he just wants you. Oh, I actually learned about this. Uh, sometimes animals, our pets, will go and get our attention uh, so that we can, we as people, as uh, humans, will then go and watch them eat uh, because they feel safe. Um, And so they're, they're like, well, you can watch me eat so that I can lower my guard and I can eat and you can protect me. So it's actually a really sweet thing when animals annoy the crap out of you even 
if they don't need anything necessarily from you because it's not necessarily a physical need, but it is part of an emotional uh, relationship that you have with them. That's interesting. I, I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. Being a um, he likes- which is why it was also so damaging. There was that trend about put like a cucumber next to your cat while they're eating and they'll freak out mm-hmm. because they think it's a snake. Uh, but that's also really dangerous because depending on how cats react to trauma or how often you do that to your cat, then they'll start perceiving where they eat as a dangerous place and they won't either they won't even return to eat or they'll be on edge and so they won't digest well. Um, so there was also cause to, you know, you're literally giving your cats anxiety um, in a really physical detrimental way. And no one gave me anxiety. I just developed it on my own. And I wouldn't wish that upon any other human or cat that I know. You didn't get your anxiety the old-fashioned way by looking at a cucumber? No, I didn't get it the old-fashioned way. (laughs) Sorry, you know, I uh, (laughs) can't help where you're born, where you're from. You know, all you can do is learn from your experiences. Right. Um, and my learned experience has taught me to be anxious about everything all the time. Yeah. Which is fair. I've, I'm getting better, but um, yeah. I still have my moments. Uh, sometimes, you know, bring it around. Watch me. Watch me bring this back around to the point. Um I, well, I'm talking a lot already. Um, When I have a hard time settling my mind before I go to sleep, I don't usually listen to a meditation or anything um, because those are a little too short. Usually a lot of times I'll fall asleep before, I won't fall asleep before my my meditation ends. so I listen to either John Mulaney stand-up specials or Mike Birbiglia stand-up specials because I know them all really, really well. So I'm not paying attention to them for content. I'm just listening to them. You know, if it's almost like a, a rote thing that I do. It's a routine. Uh, it, it, it keeps my brain focused on the words that they're saying and I'm like trying to remember what the words are saying but not out of interest or entertainment so I'm, I'm trying to think of it's like a process um that helps calm me down and I, I fall asleep you know sometimes I fall asleep before John Mulaney finishes his happy birthday sign bit in in the comeback kid um which is the first joke that he makes in his in that special yeah i always end up just falling asleep to whatever sarah puts on tv yeah and that's why uh i think one of the reasons why sarah and i were really good roommates when we weren't there that we actually a lot of the times would put on um something for both of us to listen to there's a lot of times what no, no, I don't know. A couple times when I was there. Okay. A Although times. I think that was just because you wanted me to watch it. 
Um, but like, and I'd fall asleep. Monster so don't factories. Remember any of it. Monster yeah. factories for sure. Um, a lot of just YouTube things that Sarah had shown me in the past, so I had a familiarity to them. Um, so I wasn't watching them necessarily for content. I was just watching them or like listening to them for for my brain to have to focus on words so I didn't have to get in my own brain so much um, without actually internalizing or analyzing uh, what they were saying. Right. Yeah, I used to like not be able to fall asleep with something playing. Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten used to it just from having to fall asleep listening to something. Did you used to listen to music or anything falling asleep? Sometimes, but it usually just keep me up. Like some, like some nights I try going to sleep with music because I just wanted to listen to music. Mm-hmm. But I think I was concentrating on it, so I wasn't able to fall asleep. Like if it's music I know, I'll usually not be able to fall asleep because I'll be like too into it. Mm-hmm thinking about it um but that also might just depend that might also just be because i had very bad sleep habits during that time um i was about to say you had some you've had some really wacky sleep habits uh i still remember i remember the one time nick told me that he had anxiety from how bad my sleep habits were like for me because I'd like sleep until like noon or like one. It's just like you're missing so much of the day, which I totally get because I like waking up early now mm-hmm. and having the morning to do things. Yeah, you used to. I remember. I don't exactly remember what stage of our life it was, but high school, middle school, probably both you in the summer. Would send me Snapchats of you making your quote unquote morning coffee at like four p.m. There was a period of your life where you... When did, did I do that? Yeah, you were just so... Your sleep schedule was so wild. What a wild man drinking coffee after 2 p.m. <laughs> Dude, I oh, drink it... If I drink it at 1 p.m. or t- noon, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be up all night. I'm going to be... <laughs> I'll be buzzing. I'll be buzzing for a really long time, even. Uh if I, I I keep myself, I won't have it after three o'clock because I need it at two p.m. Mm-hmm. a lot of the times because I crash. Yeah. Um, a quick thing about that is to what I've read um, from some of the you know productivity research I've done is your best bet for um, maximizing caffeine intake uh, is to do it before you usually crash so if around 2 2 30 you start feeling sluggish normally make sure that you're drinking your coffee at one mm. so you're not recovering from the slump but you're you're taking like a preemptive strike there's also yeah, the caffeine nap um where you drink your coffee and then take a nap and then by the time you wake up you should feel awake i don't know i haven't tried that one necessarily um but definitely try to preemptively strike uh, and drink your coffee before you start getting tired. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I also, I also usually, well, 
Yeah, I usually have tea in the morning instead of coffee, too, which I've heard helps because apparently the so-called energy you get from it is, like, spread out across more time or something, although that's just what my tea bag said yesterday morning. I don't know if I'll believe if I should believe that, so I I have tea in the morning. Um mainly because my coffee routinely has more caffeine in it. Um mm-hmm. and it's there have been studies, I don't know what studies, again I've read it in a couple of books that say that if you are used to waking up and feeling a little groggy um, and then drinking coffee to quote-unquote wake yourself up, your body mm-hmm. will become dependent on that caffeine. Yep. Not just like caffeine addiction where if you don't have it, you know, you'll be dehydrated, you'll have a headache, but your brain doesn't work as hard to produce the hormones and the chemicals in your brain to wake you up because it is waiting for caffeine. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I try, I will almost never will have coffee in the morning while I'm feeling groggy before I'm fully awake. Um, I've been not getting out of bed before being fully awake because every single time my alarm goes off, since I don't have a place to be because I work in the afternoon, um, I've been having a lot of trouble with hitting the snooze button um, and staying in bed for a little bit longer than I actually need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've played with a lot of different ways to do this. Like, I can put my phone across the apartment and it'll wake me up, and I'll have to get out of bed to turn off the alarm. And I just don't currently have the self-discipline to not just go straight back to bed. Um, so that's that's my big sleep challenge right now, is I'm waking up a little bit later than I would like to. Um, because even though I have things motivating me get, to get out of bed, uh, I don't have a deadline necessarily, um, which is not motivating me to get out of bed when I'm still feeling a little sluggish. Yeah, I used to drink coffee every morning, and it would be the thing where like I would be so tired until I had my coffee. And I remember if I didn't have my coffee... I'd have such a headache. I remember. Which is why I stopped drinking coffee every morning. And switching to tea was really nice because it's it's enough caffeine to like like help me get like a little boost in the morning. But not enough where if I don't have any, I notice. Mm -hmm. And that's really nice. Also, coffee sometimes just hurts me in the morning. And he doesn't it hurts you it looks like sometimes my body just is not like because i drink it with milk mm-hmm. too so sometimes my body's just like sometimes my body just doesn't want milk certain days yeah and sometimes the coffee is just really acidic and my body doesn't like that i mean i'm usually fine but sometimes but yeah you were saying about um 
how do you put like your phone across like the room or like house for an alarm? Yeah. So you have to get up and turn it off. Yeah, I um, actually. Sometimes. Go ahead. Something I, because <laughs> I've been having trouble waking myself up in the morning, and I've been going to work kind of later, mm-hmm. just because like I can, and um. I have a one of those alarms alarm clocks that lights up in the morning like gradually over the course of like 30 minutes before the time you set your alarm for mm-hmm. and we have one of those in our room that you would set that like the first week we were here I would, I would set it and I always get up on time but now I just have my phone alarm and it's so easy to turn that off in the morning mm-hmm. because I'd always want to get out of bed before the other well, before my actual alarm clock would go off so i could turn it off before wake sarah up mm-hmm. but like i need to start setting that again yeah and that also helped a lot because like of like the gradual light coming in my room especially since daylight savings is coming soon that's gonna be darker in the morning having the extra light when you're waking up really helps me out yeah um also, just going to bed at a good time mm-hmm. regularly. Wow, that improved my day so much when I figured out you can do that. <laughs> what time do you usually go to bed? I've been going to bed around midnight. Which is a much better not, a better time than like 3 a.m. Yeah, I wish I could go to bed earlier. But like, also... Like doing things. Yeah. Midnight's my cutoff. Um, I yeah. aim to be in bed by 1030. Um, mm-hmm. And if I'm in bed and I'm, you know, doing whatever I need to do or, you know, I start making moves to go to bed. So like having the routine of washing your face, brushing your teeth, you know, evening routine stuff. Um, if I start that around 1030, I'll I'll be done by 11.30 um, and ready to go to bed. Um, But I'm also finding that being up till 11, even, you know, not even midnight, but being up till 11 has been a little bit of a struggle because I keep trying to wake up um, around 7 so I can be at the gym by 7.30. Uh, But I... My body, it will, does not want to be fully awake um, until eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and that even this this past weekend, uh, we had uh, Mara uh, came to visit. Uh, for all of those who right. are listening, Anna and I keep referencing friends that we've grown up with. Um, but you know, she, you know, she's been my best friend since. We were eight, so it was really great to have her come visit because I hadn't seen her for a really long time. And, you know, one of the nights that we both, I think the nights that she was here, uh, Nick and I both stayed up a lot later than we usually stay up. And without setting alarms, you know, without having anywhere to be both mornings, I was up at eight o'clock, like without anything. So my brain just was like, eight o'clock, let's go. Um, and I'm really excited for daylight savings because my brain will then, with the hour switch, um, will wake me up at what the time says is seven o'clock. 
Um, and that's mm-hmm. always the hardest part of my, you know, seasonal depression uh, is that I can't motivate myself to wake up at the time that I want to wake up uh, because my inner circadian rhythm knows exactly when it wants to wake up and it will not change if you paint it like it will not change um and that's also part of you know accepting myself and accepting the things that my body needs or wants to do there's just some things that maybe you can't change yeah like when i actually tried getting my sleep schedule back on track um probably like a year ago or so um it I had to like take melatonin just to get myself to fall asleep at a semi reasonable time and then just go to sleep earlier every night until I was going to bed around like ten thirty ish. It was really nice. I mean I mean some nights I even go to bed like nine, nine thirty. Just because I was tired, but then I wake up at like six and I'd have an entire morning to like make my tea and read the papers I had to read for that day. And it was nice. What I find, like, you know, and also waking up, um, waking up early is a preference, but there is something really powerful about being able to look at the clock um, and have it say 9 a.m. and be like, these are all the things I accomplished. Um, Mm -hmm. And I recently interviewed for a job uh, where if, if I'm hired uh, I will actually be starting at 9 a.m. so now there's a lot of things that I like to do every day that I will have to either you know condense and my routines will have to become shorter or I'll have to wake up earlier or a combination of both um, for me to do the things that I want to do and be able to make it into work on time and I'm hoping developing a little bit healthier habits will help me do that. Um, one of the biggest habits that I have a really hard time with is screen time. Uh, there have been studies that have shown that the blue light from our screens will upset the whatever in our brains, I'm not a scientist, um, that is responsible for having, for our, for our sleep. It, it, there's something, I don't know, Google it. But, so I, I wanted, I've been wanting to kind of screen time detox uh, before I go to bed. But so much of what I do is on the screens. Um, the big, the big thing for me is I've been, it's almost like I've been addicted to Duolingo. Uh, I've been like breaking in hundreds of experience points every day, which means I'm doing like 10 lessons. Like it's a lot. No, 10 lessons would be a hundred. I'm doing like 20 or 30 lessons a day. Um, which means I'm literally doing them until I fall asleep which is definitely not helping my me detox from the blue light at all. At least 
you know, the books I read are paper books and I, I can do a lot of my writing and work, uh, paper and pencil, but yeah, it's like, there's a couple of things that I'm having a little bit of a hard time letting go of. And that's one of them. Yeah, it can be hard. The screens are such an instrumental part of our lives. Even if I'm not doing like productive things, it's not, you know, I'm not, or, or busy things that, that are quote unquote, like buzzy that, that kind of hype you up. You know, I'm not sitting, checking email. I'm not scrolling through social media. I'm not doing those things that will amplify my brain in a different way. I'm still sitting using it you know for education or for another purpose um, that I, I deem a good use a really good use of my time but I do have to learn to let some of that go um, and find more time in my day perhaps when I wake up um, just a suggestion to myself um, for me to use my you know, use my screens for different purposes, like Duolingo. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty much just in front of one all day. I mean, it's my job. First of all, then I come home, that's kind of what I do here, too. Because they're just usually most of my interests. Yeah, and we recently got a Wii, um, like an original Wii from 2000, whatever. Uh, and I've been doing Wii Fit a lot of the times before I go to bed. <laughs> so like, I'm not even detoxing for, you know, yoga. Mm -hmm. And if I did yoga, I would be, you know, watching videos on YouTube. Um, so it, it seems really simple. You know, just turn off your screens 30 minutes before you go to bed. And it, it's really hard. It is really hard to do that. Mm -hmm. Like. Um, I was going to say something about that. But yeah, my phone has like a feature that when it turns, like I can set the time, but like when, when it's 11 o'clock, my phone goes black and white. Um, notifications get turned off and they don't turn back on until like 6 a.m. or something. Yeah, my notification. So, like, when it does that, it's like just telling me, like, hey, stop using your phone. You go to bed soon. I should turn my phone back to black and white. Mm hmm. Um, um, I know in Apple phones, a lot of those kind of features, uh, can be found under accessibility it's built into the phone as some type of additional services for people who might have disabilities but they are really good for a lot of things you know they they're meant to make life a little bit easier and make you a little bit healthier important 
I think it's also important just to say like because of some people's schedules, especially with work and stuff, they just can't have sleep habits that are the best. If they, you know, working more than one job, you get home late and you have to be up early the next morning, it can be really hard to do that. Uh, which sucks and it's kind of out of your control. Um, which sucks because like you like we need sleep. Like <laughs> there's a report I just read that I think it was if you were getting six hours or less of sleep every night for like two weeks that's the same as not sleeping two days in a row like brain function wise even though we don't feel it yeah that's real interesting Mm -hmm. but that being said at the same time something that i followed this past year at this past semester at school really maybe past year i don't know i forget what i was doing oh i was i was working that was why um this past semester doing like schoolwork and stuff i prioritize my sleep over doing work and i don't regret that much i mean there's some days i just didn't do some work because i was too tired and i went to sleep because i knew that if i did do the work i'd be staying up even later it wouldn't be getting the work done as best as it could so i just go to sleep or like if i was up late studying for a test and I was getting really tired, I would just go to sleep because I knew that I, w- I wouldn't retain anything after that point. And if I was tired taking the test, I'd do even worse. There's a, just at some point, you can definitely just prioritize your sleep over any work you're doing because it'll probably be better in the long run. Even if you have to, even if you absolutely have to get it done, it's probably worth just going to bed and getting up earlier and doing it if you're able to. That takes a lot of self-control, and I've done that a few times and just not gotten up in the morning. Yeah, it sounds like a really good idea uh, when you're really tired really late at night, and then it becomes, like, the worst idea possible when your alarm goes off in the morning. Yep. Um, I actually, kind of on to your point, about um, how a lack of sleep can build up over time. My The sleep tracker that I use that tracks it, more, it more or less kind of just tracks the length of time that I'm asleep um, mm-hmm. and the efficiency. It's a, I really love it as an app. Um, but it has a you can have a sleep credit or a sleep debt. So I think right now I'm at a sleep credit of like 4%, um, which means that I'm just getting a little bit more sleep than I need kind of on a whole. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, one bad night can drop you down to being like you have a sleep debt of, you know, 25%. um, Because it does, it adds up. It's not something that's individual. Uh, my fiance just found out since we moved in together that the day after you get a really bad night, you know, bad night worth of sleep is not the day that you that you're affected by that sleep. It's the day after that. So you pulling mm-hmm. an all nighter uh, in college to get a paper done or study or whatever, your brain will be a little bit more on high alert that day. Um 
and you will crash really hard that night and the day after that. So say you stay up on Sunday night, Monday will be great. Like I always, Monday, I've only pulled two all-nighters, those two all-nighters. The day after, I was like, it's amazing. Like I got coffee at six in the morning. I'm feeling awesome. I've gotten so much accomplished. Um, And then that Tuesday will be one of the worst days ever (laughs) because you will not have had enough sleep. Because over the two nights, so yeah, maybe you got 10 hours of sleep last night. In the whole grand scheme of it, you've only gotten five both nights. Um, And on top of it, you'll have had a lot of adrenaline and cortisol pumping through your body um, to keep you awake and to keep you alert. Um, And that will put a lot of wear and tear on your your organs and your brain and all sort your physical body oh see i don't i can't function the day after i do an all-nighter like at all i was always so ready it was a great nope great day i'll be fall. i fall. i'm like i'll be halfway asleep all day i'll be almost falling asleep if i'm during class or anything like that it's not great the only times i've ever done it or when i know i don't have to do anything important the next day or okay if I'm pulling an all-nighter, it's probably because there's something very important that I do have to do the next day, and I just didn't do it yet. And it's usually a presentation. Like the, the only all-nighter I pulled last semester was for a presentation that shouldn't have taken that long, but for some reason it took me the entire night. And I did not, I did not do great on that presentation. And then the, I think the time before that I pulled, pulled an all-nighter was when me and my housemate had to do a archaeology presentation on a program we tried to program that didn't work very well. And I spent the entire night doing the report and the program. And I was lucky to have a partner, and I told him I didn't sleep that night because when my mind would just go blank halfway through the sentence he'd pick up for me and the teacher didn't suspect the thing and told us we did great and then i immediately went home to do a phone interview and i think i got that job well see uh at least you have sleep deprivation to blame when you all of a sudden forget everything that you're saying because I do that on eight hours of sleep. Oh, no, same. Uh, it's just at the time I felt bad. Like, physically bad. Uh, what else do you have to, to add, my friend? Go to sleep. Just do it. Go to sleep, bitch. Please. And For drink me. water. That too. For just- sure. Both those are important. Drinking water before you go to bed is actually like great, because then you wake up and you're not dehydrated. And drink a glass of water when you wake up too, because that starts your day off. Instead of drinking a cup of coffee, say, drink a drink a cup yeah. of water. I'm not gonna say drink a cup of water before you go to bed, because then you'll just have to wake up and pee in the middle of the night. Yeah, and that'll just be rough. Just having a glass of water near you. Mm-hmm. And definitely good. drink one. When you wake up first thing in the morning, um, 
that was something my dad adopted at some point when I was growing up, and it was something that he always stood by. And talk about funky sleep schedules. That man has a very funky sleep schedule uh, because of his work schedules. Um, and so if there's something that can make you feel a little bit better when you're really only functioning on five hours of sleep, yeah, uh, I, I trust him to to tell me about it. And that was drink a cup of water when you wake up. But not too much water that you die. Yes, that is a quote that my father has said to me. So, uh, yeah, uh, thank you for joining us this week. It's a pleasure to share this time with you. Please follow us on Twitter at MindfulPod. And on Instagram at a little mindfulness. We are looking forward to upcoming episodes on fears and anxieties and healthy phone and screen usage. So if you have any questions about those or just any mindfulness or wellness topics, shoot them our way. You can contact us either on Twitter or Instagram, or you can email us at a little mindfulness at gmail.com. Shout out to Nick Penn for helping us with our editing. He has his own podcast uh, on the Anchor Network uh, called The Stumble Johns. You should go check that out. Again, thank you for sharing this time with us, and we look forward to hearing from you. Remember, wherever you are, you're doing great. Aww.